October marks Hispanic Heritage Month. On this episode, find out how Johnson County is celebrating our diverse culture in a fun and exciting way. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Teresa Frieda, Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County government. Every October, Johnson County does some special things to call attention to Hispanic Heritage Month. Our Board of County Commissioners signs a proclamation and Johnson County invites the public to a celebration. So we have a couple of guests today to talk about what you can expect at the Arts and Heritage Center this month. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. If you can just start off by introducing yourself and what your role is with the county, and we'll go ahead and start with Elena and then go to Andrew. Hi, I'm Elena Stevenson, and I'm the Performing Arts Coordinator for Johnson County Parks and Recreation. I office out of the Johnson County Arts and Heritage Center, which is where the event will be happening. And my role, so I oversee all um, music, theater, and dance programs, a lot of uh, performing arts education. We have programs all the way for little babies, all the way up to adult programming and fun performing arts events, which we'll tell you about the performing arts component for this event next week. Um, but yeah, it's a great position. I went to school, I went to NYU for theater education, so it's super fun to get to uh, implement my training in, in this way, so. I'm Andrew Gustafson. I'm the Curator of Interpretation at the Johnson County Museum. Um, and that means I get to help people access history. And I get to do that mainly through exhibitions, researching and writing for our special exhibits and upgrades and updates to our main exhibit, uh, but also through adult programming, social media and blogs um, and special tours. Um, and I'm just a history nerd all the way around. <laughs> Perfect job for you then, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I know last year we highlighted the Hispanic Heritage Month celebration. And so it was a great episode. It had lots of good information and hopefully it helped draw in a good crowd. So I just wanted to talk about the celebration again this year. So if you guys can can go into the details of that. Yeah, yeah. we had our first celebration um, in 2019, uh, an in-person event at the Arts and Heritage Center. Um, and it was well attended, um, about 200 people. And we had great performers and artists uh, and food. Uh, last year, of course, uh, we did an online version. So we uh, had some recorded segments that we shared out. Um, several things happened on social media uh, uh, through the Arts and Heritage Center and the museum. Uh, the museum is a major tenant in the Arts and Heritage Center, but we are not the same entity. So, uh, and this year we're excited to have um, a nice spread out event in the Arts and Heritage Center. Uh, again, live in person, uh, come and go event, family friendly, so. And if you want to talk about um, the guests and what people can expect this year. Yeah, yeah. So we have a, a, an amazing partnership with a lot of different organizations. El Centro will be there. Um, the Olathe Lowrider Clubs will have some bikes and vehicles. It's a, it's a club at Olathe High School, right, Andrew? Yep. Awesome. Um, and then we have four different performances throughout the evening. So it's a two-hour event from 6 p.m., uh, it's 8 p.m. and we have Mariachi Estrella KC performing right at the top at 6 p.m. We, we have a duo called Iske performing um, from 6.30 to 6.45. We have um, Sh Shanith Carraza reading some poetry for us um, at 7.30 and following that Jessica Ayala is performing as well. And then we're ending the event with Kapuli Escali. Um, it's a very gorgeous um, 
spiritual uh, dance um, that and that will kind of close our evening. So lots of amazing performances. Um, one thing we really were intentional about this year is we wanted to highlight different regions in Hispanic culture. So we have Mexico represented, we have Peru, we have Ecuador, we have Colombia. Um, so we really tried to kind of hit different regions. Um, and if you, our logo is gorgeous, that uh, Justin Border designed for this event. And it's a, it's a circle of all of the flags that are represented in Hispanic culture. So, yeah. So those are right. the performances, but we have a lot of other yeah. fun surprises too, if Andrew wants to talk about it. <laughs> Sure, yeah. Uh, so uh, I think one of the really exciting things that will be there, um, uh, we have student work from, from two different high schools. Uh, Elena mentioned the Olathe Hispanic Leadership Lowrider Bike Club will be there with some examples of their work, which is really incredible. And then we'll also have some artwork that is inspired uh, from Shawnee Mission North students uh, that's inspired by the Aztec codices, the codexes um, from Mexico. And uh, uh, a Latino you know, literature class at that high school takes a look at the codices and the students create artwork inspired by that to depict their own lives and things that are happening in their lives and there'll be a chance for um, attendees to create some artwork that is inspired by the codex as well uh, and then there's also some great food <laughs> uh, food is such a great way to introduce yourself uh, or get comfortable within another culture if you're not familiar with it and so uh, we'll have um, tacos from carmen's casina uh, we'll have empanadas from Tango Bites and pupusas from El Pulgarcito, uh, which is a El Salvadorian restaurant. And also my personal favorite, uh, paletas ice cream from Pelaterias Tropicana, uh, an ice cream there's park. There's a little so. cart and there's a bell. It's really fun. It was yeah. a big hit in 2019. So We're yeah. recording this close to the noon hour, so you're making me very hungry. I know, I know. right? <laughs> <laughs> So could you talk a little bit about um, the significance of this event? Like, why is it so important to, to our diverse culture right here in Johnson County? Yeah, you know, um, census numbers just came out, right, in 2020. And the Latino community is a growing community in Johnson County and across Kansas and across the nation. Um, but it's also a historic community uh, here in Johnson County. Um, you know, from as far back as really possibly the Spanish expeditions coming out of Mexico and, and Santa Fe, but really documented um, in the early 1800s with the Santa Fe Trail. People were going west to Santa Fe, yes, but they were also going east um, in, into the United States uh, from Mexico, Spanish Mexico. Uh, and then of course, in the early 1900s with the railroad, when the railroads were expanding in this area into Kansas City, um, trucheros, um, Mexican laborers uh, were recruited uh, and worked throughout Johnson County. We know of several areas uh, where there were section housing um, and folks from Mexico uh, were uh, stationed there and working on the tracks, building and maintaining the tracks. Uh, and of course, that's just the foundation of some of the historic community here in Johnson County. So recognizing that, celebrating that, um, and um, celebrating the diversity now that's in the Latino culture uh, community here in, in Johnson County is really important. I, I go back to, to kind of what Andrew said at the beginning in 2019, it, that was our only person so far, but I know there's an initiative in the district and the county to highlight the diversity that exists in our county that maybe people don't realize. Um, but I think on the ground, like a example of it being successful was the turnout in 2019, like uh, almost 200 people. Um, there was definitely an appreciation of um, 
amplifying that part of our history and um, the culture that exists in Johnson County. So, yeah. yeah. And just to talk a little bit more about the event, um, is there a fee associated with with participating or can you talk about how people do it's that? It's free. Isn't that That's great? great. Like, that love, is great. Yes, it's very, I, we've been kind of marketing like there's something for everyone um, next Wednesday night on the 13th. But there's, you know, the Lowrider Club, there will be paletas, tacos, there'll be all kinds of lovely performances and music and, um, you know, the community arts engaged piece with the Codex. Um, so there really is something for everyone at this event. Um, and it's lovely that we're able to do it for free for the public to come and see our spaces activated and um, experience Hispanic culture in an evening. So, yeah. That is amazing. And I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll see another great turnout this year. Um, can you talk about if people can't make it to this event, are there still ways that people can engage with the Hispanic Heritage Month um, through the Museum Arts and Heritage Center? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like last year, the, the museum and the Arts and Heritage Center um, have a, a slate of posts on social media, on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts. Uh, we're sharing um, highlights from last year where the, we had those great recorded videos um, and also new information um, being posted uh, on our social media. Uh, for the museum, um, we also have a Latino collecting initiative. Um, we want to make sure that our collections and exhibits represent the community, uh, you know, where our museum is located um, and represents jo Johnson County's populations. Um, and so in 2019, we launched the Latino Collecting Initiative to help make connections in the Latino community, long lasting relationships to build that trust, to be able to tell those stories and collect those objects and photographs. Um, and so that's another way that you can connect with the museum. I will say it's been really interesting in addition to new pieces um, that have been donated to the museum's collections. We've uh, connected with the folks in the community who have helped us identify things within our own collection already, things that were donated in the 70s and the 90s, photographs where um, some children were identified, but uh, the Latino students were not. And so we were able to identify um, uh, folks in those photographs, which is really cool. Um, yeah, I think, you know, when you have these kind of events, just speaking it out loud, sometimes there's some pushback, like, well, why isn't this year round? And that's something we kind of addressed in our initial, we've been meeting for this event since February of 2021. And that was a concern we wanted to kind of address is how can we implement, um, like integrate this into our programming year round. And there's, you know, there's definitely always more work to be done. Um, but I know like maybe even like having Spanish classes or could we continue like the codex work? There's been discussions of that. And yes, a celebration is definitely welcomed and warranted, but like it is as programmers, it's definitely on the forefront of our mind. Like how can we integrate this year round and not just make it a one-time thing? And I know that's some feedback we've gotten as well. And um, one thing that's been different in the planning process this year is we've had a Hispanic advisory like board to help us plan the event. Like what, what is relevant? Like what, what would the community want to see at an event? And that's been incredibly helpful to get um, feedback. Even with the logo we initially created, they were like, actually, I feel like maybe the logo should look like this. And um, that feedback was so welcome because you want to be relevant. And, you know, we want to give back to the community. This whole event is for the community and to amplify and raise awareness. So making sure those voices are heard and represented is integral to these kinds of events. So. And 
I, I know that we're focused on Hispanic Heritage Month in October, but can you talk about how you um, you focus on diversity of our entire community year long in other ways? It's yeah, and again, that's definitely been on the forefront since you know summer of 2020 with the Black Lives Matter movement, like. And there's been so many diversity inclusion uh, movements in so many organizations in the metro area and on a national level. Um, one very exciting thing in JCPRD, our diversity inclusion statement just got passed, which is a huge deal. I'm on the diversity inclusion committee, so that was a big win for us and exciting to see that represented. Um, but I also will kind of toss it to Andrew because he's been really in the meat of the work of the next exhibit in 2022 for the museum that highlights um, Johnson County's history and an important topic in regards to diversity and inclusion. So I don't know, do you want to talk about that, Andrew? Yeah, well, I would just say <laughs> within the, the museum, um, you know, we tell diverse stories all year long. Um, and we're constantly working to um, add new stories, um, new things that we're uncovering, new things that are donated to the collections. Uh, into the museum so that we're we're trying as hard as we can to represent the community um, and it's it's full diversity right um, and so we do that through field trip opportunities we had one last year related to the redlining uh, topics um, for the Kansas City Metro and so we we coordinated with Shawnee Mission North uh, literature students uh, English students um, and read a raisin in the sun and then got a chance to uh, see some of those scenes acted out, um, hear about the history of redlining and suburbanization in this area, uh, and then create artwork related to that. So uh, we're not ready yet to reveal our exhibit for 2022, but it's along those themes, uh, and it'll be really impactful and really important. All right, something definitely to look forward to. And um, as we come back to talking about the event, can you tell us where people can go on your website to get more information? Yeah, it is on our website, www.jcprd.org. Um, and if you go to the Arts and Heritage Center, there's a little homepage for it. We also have a Facebook, so follow the Johnson County Arts and Heritage Center on Facebook. We are updating daily about the event. We're featuring our, our partners and um, our performers and all of in the food and all of the amazing things that are going to happen that night. So follow us on Facebook to get all the details. Again, it's October 13th here at the Arts and Heritage Center. Um, we're at 87th and Metcalf. Um, we're King Louis used to be. A lot of people associate our building with King Louis. So um, and it'll be from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Free to the public. Please come. All right. That sounds good. Well, thank you both again for joining us today and good luck with the event. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. And thanks for listening. You just heard Joko on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JocoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jocogov.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.